and welcome. I'm so glad you're here tuning in for another episode of Business Mastery with Tara Malel. This episode is going to be another deep dive to the point, no BS, on how we can upskill our own knowledge, enhance our strengths to expand our impact and share our passion with the world. Sit back, relax, and let's jump in. Today, I am honored to have a brilliant guest, the founder of Cheers Sweetie Australia, a gift delivery service with a difference, gifts that people truly love to receive. Jill couldn't find what she wanted in the market, so she created it. She recently left a 23-year career in IT sales and management to move full-time into Cheers Sweetie. Let's hear her story. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first interview for Business Mastery with Tara Malel. I am so excited to present to you the wonderful founder and owner of Cheers Sweetie, Jill Webb. How are you? I'm good. Hello. No, I'm so excited to have you on and a little bit nervous, but this is going to be awesome. We chat all the time anyway, so this is going to be fun. Um, Cool. So I'll do a a bio at the top and everyone will know how awesome you are, but I want to dive into just sort of where you are now and and then have a look back over your journey to this point because I, I mean, for me, I find it really fascinating and really inspiring. So um, I'd love for you to be able to share that with everyone. Is that cool? That's perfect. Yay. So you launched, like, I'm talking an official launch November last year or December? It's actually just been six months. We've just kicked the six-month mark. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And, I mean, look, anyone who's been in business or who's starting business knows six months is not long. Like, that's still early stages, getting your feet underneath you. But, I want you to just give everyone an idea of in that six months, like right now, where we're at at the time of this recording, where is your business at right now? Like in terms of sort of audience size and customer base and and the orders and everything, where is your business at? Yeah, look, it's been this last, um, obviously, currently, in at the time of this recording, we're all in lockdown with coronavirus, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, my... Um, the change in my business since that happened has been extraordinary. We've had um, some massive shout outs on some really large platforms, which has been incredible. Like um, the Today Show um, mentioned us at, at um, prime time in the morning. Um, and um, also um, another a podcast has mentioned us with a really large following and listening and, and as a recommendation to, for our product. So, to be honest, oh the last month has been next to insane. Uh, obviously, also having my son home at the same time while we do this, it's been um, challenging. But we're in a really good position. I shouldn't, I'm not complaining for a minute. We're in a really good position um, compared to many businesses currently going through the coronavirus. Oh my goodness. Well done, mate. And I know, look, I know that this isn't just luck and, it, and we'll dive into that um, in, in just a moment. But so I want to go back. So that's where you're at right now. And like you just said, the last month has just boomed for you guys, which is incredible. But I want to go back to the very start. And I'm not talking, at, you know, October last year, like that was the launch, but you, your business 
started well before this. Like this has been quite an epic journey. Was it what, like a year or 18 months you've been so, working on it? It was January 2019. So it was when actually, mm-hmm. funnily enough, so the idea originated, and if you won't mind me, I'll go back this way because it kind of told the story. Um, I, for years, have been, um, your cheer sweetie is an online gift company, basically, gifts, gifts that are a bit different. I, for years, have been sending gifts to my colleagues, to my friends, to my girlfriends when they're having really crappy days. And I never could find what I wanted that didn't look like it was last minute or I'd just forgotten their birthday or something. So <laughs> things like flowers do, like they're beautiful and they're gorgeous. And I love having them in my home, don't get me wrong. But what I wanted to send them was something truly joyful that would would last a month that they'd look at and smile and because that's what you need to get through business life to get through life is just mm-hmm. being re- re- reminded that you've got a cheer squad behind you. So um, mm-hmm. my sister actually um, had been nagging me about an idea I kept talking about, which was I just wish I could go online and buy a really beautiful big jar of jelly beans that's how it all started crazily enough um, yeah. just wanted to send someone a really big jar of lollies just to brighten them up give them a bit of sugar hit um and that actually stems back well back into my um business life in it as a sales manager for years i have always had a lolly jar on my desk always at three mm. in the afternoon when the entire sales floor goes into a really low sugar low, I would sugar them. <laughs> I literally, I would always have um, a lolly jar that people would come and eat lollies and kind of perfect. And I think there's no better sort of management tactic or strategy. I mean, really, if, if you throw anything at them, then sugar is the thing to get people over that, what, that two, three o'clock, you know, yeah. lull. It's awful. <laughs> it's, it's sounds, it sounds really silly, but it's also a way that people, when they're feeling like they have a problem that they can't solve themselves, something mm. the manager's office is the is a really big challenge so i'd have the lolly jar there and they'd come in and say oh i'm just coming in for some sugar and then i'd say how's your day going because usually it was a leader into i need to talk about something or someone about my problem and that became yeah. in every business i've worked and i've had this jar for literally 20 years in it i had a lolly jar on my desk and no matter what it connected me with people around me it created something yeah. really ridiculous so um that's kind of, it started there. My sister nagged me anyway last Christmas and she gave me a giant lolly jar for Christmas and said, would you just get on with it and launch this business? And I was like, oh, okay, I'll look into it. So we started this crazy task anyway of finding things. It, that's where it started was lolly jars. And and to be honest, yeah. that's probably, it. that will probably be, um, not be the core of our business um, and hasn't been the core of our business since that idea was given to me yeah. in January last year. <laughs> that's right I, I mean because I remember look we've spoken about this several times and I remember that and what I, I think I loved most about you know this idea that you had was again it's not so much sort of the the lolly jar but it's the idea or the intention behind the lolly jar you know it's what the lolly jar represents you know so again people talk about you know that's sort of your why factor or that's you know your vision for it um so that's what I love the most it was that idea of bringing people together it was that connection point and yeah when when you first spoke to me about it you said it was going to be about lolly jars and you're looking at to um connect with again corporate so having 
you know, big companies, right? Like have your lolly jars uh, around and then, you know, and then you're going to branch out to other sweets and treats. But that's definitely not what it is right now. No, huh? it's not. So that was where it all started. And and um, and I had I had in my head that, you know, far more people would understand the concept. Now, you know, maybe um, as a first-time business owner, um, I maybe I didn't communicate how the lolly jar actually um, fit into my world and one day I probably will do that. Maybe today's the day, Katara. Um, is my <laughs> but, but, it, but it totally... Um, what it started was, was actually was about the jar. It wasn't necessarily about the lollies inside. It was about the jar. The jar was the thing that people came to, so whether or not when I was in mode and I wouldn't give them sugar, I would fill it with protein or I would fill it with something else. And they would, but there would always be somewhere, be nuts sometimes or something. There'd always be some place that they came to for an excuse to eat or, or, or for me to feed them um, because that's who I am. I'm a feeder. I love making sure that people are got full bellies and are comfortable and a happy place around me. I, I hate when people are hangry and um and not on their game so um yeah so um so I think that that for me um when it became about the jar is when we started pivoting what else could we put in a jar and anyway long story short we ended up with the cocktail kits and the cocktail kits have certainly been um have now become definitely the core of our business and we're definitely pivoting away from the lolly jars Mm. And so what came up, I mean, I don't know, was there one defining moment or was there a series of small things that caused that pivot? You know, what sort of, what were some of the challenges that came up that caused you to go, okay, not so much, still taking the intention and the, and the essence behind what you were doing, but it manifesting, I guess, in a different form. What, what happened for that? Uh, I, I started to learn. Um, it sounds really great, but as the idea in itself was really simple, uh, and I couldn't work out why no one else was sending giant lolly jars around the country. It was a lot of reasons why. Firstly, they're heavy. Um, secondly, they're very highly. Well, yours were like two kilos. Yeah, they're th- yeah three kilos, most of them three and a half kilos. Um, and they're heavy. They are bulky, and people don't make a lot of large jars. So I'd have to make them get them custom made, which. I did go down that road, um, and which is all fine, um, and still have a lot of lolly jars. If anyone needs one, I have a couple of spare. Um, but um, uh, that was the, that was part of it. I started to realise this is actually going to be a really painful exercise. Not only that, they're really, really big to store. So all of these tiny little challenges, mm-hmm. which I had not even had any conceptual idea of when I launched, mm-hmm. had suddenly made themselves very clear to me. Also. Mm-hmm. is not exactly um, in vogue at the moment. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's very true. You'd have to have some more vegan and gluten-free and all oh, kinds of yeah. stuff. Absolutely. Funnily enough, actually, we just released a, um, a chew jar, um, which is like uh, red skins and milk uh, milk chews and what is it? And sherbies. And funnily enough, you know what? They're gluten-free and they've, they've been selling really well. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. But look, I mean, and as you talk about this, it is really, I really want to point out to people is, um, you're right, until you actually did it, you didn't know what the challenges were, you know. And what I find is with a lot of um, people who are just thinking of a business or who are in the starting, again, the starting stages, you know, They've got, you know, we've got a lot of ideas. We're creative. We've got a lot of ideas, but it's the idea is all very well and good. 
It's the actual execution of it. It's when you're actually doing it, that's when you're going to see what works and what doesn't. And more often than not, it doesn't work. Like whatever your original idea is, it doesn't work. And that's not what you're going to end up as. And I think you're a perfect example of that. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just the way it works, right? You have to actually do it to see what's viable and what's not. And what does the market want? You know? Yeah, and I think it's being being prepared and being able to pivot. Um, that to me mm. is a skill that I think that I'm lucky enough to have learned through my, and it's probably a personality trait too, but it's something you can learn, I'm sure of it, is being able to see mm. when it's time to pivot, see when you have to do something yeah. different for lots of reasons, whether it be profitability, whether it be for the market, um, but you've just you've got to be prepared to pivot. And that's in the last, certainly with the with the um, coronavirus and everyone and every business is having to pivot, whether or not they're a, um, they're a restaurant now that's coming in, they're now a, they're now delivery. <laughs> they're, they're, yes. Everybody's pivoting. And I think those that know how to pivot survive this and those that don't or can't, it's going to, it's, it's a really hard time. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. I think that's awesome. And look, now, like I said, I mentioned that you've got a, a crazy audience size. Um, and again, you like you said, you've got these um, extra media exposure opportunities that, that are knocking at your door, like that are approaching you, which is a huge shift. You know, when we start we're putting, you know, our stuff out to everyone like, hey, look at me, I've got some cool stuff. And that's just what you have to do. But the fact that it's now sort of turned and people are coming to you is incredible. So well done on that. But what I think people want to know is that what was kind of, if you go back, what was that starting point? So we all know that like, you know, you've, you've got to work hard to sort of get that ball rolling, but once it starts rolling, the momentum it picks up. And I think now, cause like I said, I've seen your, your bloody hard work over this last sort of year, year and a half. And, and now that momentum is picking up. So if you go back to sort of the beginning of this, what do you think was sort of that, was it that one thing or collection of kind of strategies that really started that ball rolling for you? Look, I, I, I when I came up with the idea, um, I was working full-time, as I mentioned, as a sales manager. So about six um when I first came up with the idea, I gave and, and launched the business, I gave it six months to do uh, to still work in, in full-time in my job, right? I, I knew that I couldn't just walk, like it wasn't going to be an instant success. That that can't, that can't doesn't happen to anybody. Well, maybe it does happen mm-hmm. to someone. I knew it wasn't going to happen for me though. And I knew that the only way I could make it work was to keep working and putting as much of the funding I was getting from working into the business as well. Mm-hmm. So continue to feed it. I knew it was mm-hmm. going to be a hungry business, going to need a lot of stock for a long time. So um, that yeah. plan to me was six months. I gave my boss six months notice as a sales manager, which he wasn't real happy about, um, but he said he's a great businessman, and he actually said, "You have my full support and advice anytime you need it. I will. Um, I'm here for you." So that to me was really great. I knew I had his support. I also had the support of my family, which was really important. I needed them to also be behind me. Luckily enough, <laughs> funnily enough, um, my mum was was at home um, on the coast. Yeah packing orders for me I'd have everything ready in the morning and as an order would come in she'd actually send it out for me 
Didn't she win your Employee of the Month award recently? She is my unemployment. <laughs> Um, she's a, she is a absolute rock star. Um, and so picking up my son, making sure that he was all looked after and everything like that. So here I was jump running up and down the freeway back to Sydney. We live on the central coast, obviously. And and so mum's yeah. been mum was doing the hard yards for a long time. So I, so yeah, so from the very beginning, um, I guess I guess I was prepared for the real long haul. I yeah. I, I knew that that I knew that I couldn't, um, I, I knew that it wasn't going to be an overnight success. Mm. Mm. Which, I mean, I've got to say, some might argue, well, it has been. It well, six maybe- months, again, still not a long time. But, again, I'm not, I don't want to say that to um, disrespect the hard work that you've put in, obviously, and it, it's really hard work. So it's definitely not luck that you've gotten to this point. So for you, you're saying a big part of it has been the support that you've had and the fact that you did plan on and have that sturdy sort of job and stable income, particularly in those those early months. Yeah. yeah I think it's important to remember, like you don't have to start a business and be full-time in it, right? Make it your side hustle for as long as you possibly can so you've got security. That was a really important part for me. So um, I had I gave six months notice, which would take me up until February, uh, February 1st um, of, of yeah. 2020. So I knew that that, was the six that was the six month I needed so three months before the business launched and then three months once the business had launched now that's a really short time and I was to be honest on the first of February could have done with another couple of months it's still working I probably jumped a little early but I'd made my commitment to my family and I'd also made the commitment to the business that I was leaving um that that was the plan I had to stick to that so um I had to do a lot of pride swallowing (laughs) and a lot of um and, and a lot of hustling, to be honest. I mean, those first, the three months yeah. actually launched and I was still working full time. As I said, mum was at home um, here for packing orders as required. Now, there wasn't a lot coming through, but there was certainly, you know, um, probably, you know, somewhere between six to 10 orders a day, which is still a lot of orders to pack for a 71 year old yeah. has retired. Anyway, and she absolutely smashed it, like, as I said, did really well. Um, so then I, I, from that point, point all through the night I worked so I would work packing boxes and getting everything packed for the next day so mum was ready to go for the next morning I'd have that all ready to go all night till about midnight I'd go to bed and I'd wake up at about between 4 30 and 5 and I'd prepare the day for mum again so I'd make sure that all the orders that came in overnight were already ready and I'd go and you know pack usually pack the morning's orders that had already come in Uh, so give her less to do. I didn't want to break mum too early in the piece. So that was, yeah. um, and I, and wherever I could, um, I was, as I said, I was just working around the clock. I was working weekends. I was doing whatever I could with every single minute of the day while I was still working. Yeah. And that's how, it was around the clock stuff, yeah. you know, full-time job plus doing that. Um, I was close to burnout just before I, I started full-time in the business. So you've got yeah. If you want to make it work, I'm not going to pretend it's easy. This was not an overnight um, good luck thing. It yeah. Was really, really hard work. Mm. Mm. And I was going to say, I was just about to ask, you know, like you said, hustle. What does hustle, because I think hustle means different things to different people. What does it mean to you in your business? Because I know still now you would describe what you're doing as well. You're still hustling. <laughs> you're working your butt off. So what does hustle mean 
to you. Yeah, it's funny because I mean, in the old days, you know, when um, I think about I think about um, my sister and I playing pool at at the pub when we were eighteen and pretending like we couldn't play and you know making making fifteen dollars off the guys um who thought that we couldn't play. That was real. That was the true meaning of hustle in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> winning drink it's hard work it's hard work that's another story for another day that's another podcast anyway <laughs> yeah that's totally different but um the, the, just the hustle now is is that you literally are chasing every dollar down you're chasing every dollar every bit of profitability every minute and every day every bit of stock um you know i now have gift boxes that some of those gift boxes hold let's say 15 pieces maximum in one particular mm-hmm box now if Mm. one of those pieces i can't get my hands on anywhere in the country because of stock problems from my normal supplier Mm. i gotta hustle i gotta literally pick up the phone and keep calling and keep calling and keep calling until i can find someone who can get me stock otherwise i'm sold out now this is happening Mm. a lot at the moment because you can't get anything around the country at the moment it is so slow so spending my life you know we were supposed to record this two days ago but I couldn't because literally one of my main lines of stock suddenly just dried up and I have to find another way of getting it so my idea of hustling it's just it's it's it's, to be honest it's just um it's it's constantly finding another way not just going oh well well that stock's out sold out I'll worry about that in two weeks I just can't I, I can't function like that I've got too much writing on it. Mm. I'm full time. This is my career. <laughs> this is my job. This is my livelihood. So there's no time to fill up. Absolutely. And and look, what I find again, what I find is very um sort of unique and, and one of your strengths is like you said, it's it's being able to pivot. It's being able to, but I call it agility. You are one of those people who are very agile. You are always on your toes. You're going, right, that doesn't work. And you don't dwell on it. You well, what will work? right? Yeah. It's, and it's that constantly moving, looking for opportunities, looking for potential. And I think because of that, and again, it's a skill. So people listening, you know, they think, oh, well, I don't have that. I wasn't born with that. You know, everyone can develop it because it is, um, on one hand, it's an attitude, but on the other hand, it's a behavior instead of habits as well. Are you doing all the things and just not seeing the results from all your hard work and effort. You need to find those high impact steps so you can move forwards and generate all the leads your business can handle easily and quickly. You know what, stress and overwhelm are the two biggest causes of burnout in small business owners and leaders. There's just always so much to do. But let me do you a favor right now. I wanna completely remove the overwhelm from your life forever. We are going to find those key pieces, those key strategies that you need to work on right now that is going to give you the greatest return on your effort. Your business is unique and it requires a unique and personalized approach. That's why I'm offering a free 45-minute business breakthrough session. In this session, we're going to walk through your sales and marketing strategy, your business model, your systems and processes, and check out your mindset and the habits that you need to develop that are going to get you to the next level. Check out the show notes for the link to book in. 
that's the hustle, right? Get in there and do what needs to be done. Rolling up your sleeves, forget your ego, forget your pride, forget whatever you thought about who you are and, and what this business life looks like. It is about stepping up and how do you serve, you know? So, and that's what, again, I want to really pride you on because that's what I see you do all the time. You're not going to, the, the customers that you have and the potential customers that are coming in, um, you're not saying to them, oh, nothing I can do. Too bad. Sort it out yourselves. But yeah. that's, I, that's a huge big credit to you and to where you've come in such a short amount of time. Thank you. I, I I appreciate that. It's I think it's um look, I think it's a skill you can learn. I think you're right. I I of course with my sales team for years, um, and people places I've worked over the years, it's something that you know, you're gonna you have to come out of yourself. If you're a particular introverted, it's particular it is harder. Um I am a naturally an extrovert in, in real life. Um, mm-hmm. however, I'm an introvert when it comes to, you know, if I could stay at home in my lounge all day, every day I would. And now look at us. Now I am stuck at home. <laughs> <laughs> my business at home and uh, my whole life at home which is now I'm feeling like I regret every second of, of thinking like that um, <laughs> but, but, um but you know yeah I look thank you but it, it's I think it's a skill you have to um you have to continue mm-hmm. to sharpen and you have to learn how to do and it's often the fastest way of doing it is consistently stepping out of your comfort zone is if there's a networking yeah. opportunity go to it if there is uh someone once said to me and i used it with my sales team all the, all the time is say yes as often as you can now mm. when mm. someone and also there's two kind of things I, I i love it is is um is always be it's always be respectful and um honest of sales i, I for me that's no matter what so when i'm selling to my customers whatever it's always be honest with sales if you do one dodgy deal you forever yeah that will that will come back mm-hmm. and bite you on your biggest deal that will come back and bite you when you're trying to get through your biggest sale or or negotiate your mm-hmm. biggest opportunity so you know yeah. I, I am truly uh, i feel it's really necessary to be honest to be authentic to be truly um just don't treat people like idiots right so that's kind of been all yeah. of my all of my online all of my socials i've built an audience by i think that's how I think I've done it, is by being <laughs> truly me. It's just being, you know, yes. trying not to, just showing people constantly what the product is and that, you know, there's no smoke and mirrors. This is this is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And I, you know, your personality comes through in those. There's some quirky and um, cheeky little quotes and there's just, yeah, it definitely, it's your personality that comes through. So once again, I think it's more than the product because let's say anyone could sell, um, cocktail gift boxes, right? Anyone can sell it. The innovation doesn't necessarily come from just the the superficial of, of what the your business is or what um, your product is. It's like we discussed at the beginning. It's the intention behind what you do, and then what you just said. Then the authenticity of showing who you are um, comes through on that. So I think it's a combination of all of those things that makes Cheers Sweetie particularly unique and particularly innovative in what you do and again the the results speak for themselves right like it's it's huge because of those elements that's that's all come through and has achieved the results that you've achieved so far and again I want to keep emphasizing to people six months that's all that is not a long time in 
the business world. So right. you've come a long way in a short amount of time, which is massive. Yeah. So tell me now, what do you love most about what you're doing right now? What do you just love? Um, look, I love connecting with people. I love how much people are loving the product. And I truly, it's the, the that base of the what I used to do, which was I love sending gifts to my friends. And this feels like I get to send gifts on behalf of other people. <laughs> and I love it when I get a message back saying, oh, my God, it's my best friend loved her gift. She's in tears. She loved it. And I was like, oh, my God, that makes my absolute day. You know, this week I had a, so awesome. a group of girlfriends send um, a cocktail off to one of their girls who's finished her last um her last round of count of cancer treatment and all of the thing like the messages come through I've had you know um, bereavement gifts you know this is you know I know that um you know auntie Maureen loved gin so here's a gin and tonic set for her anniversary to remember and have a drink for her things like that and I just find that that um it inspires me to keep going that people um it's you know the whole idea is not to send a whole heap of alcohol it's just sending a drink or two it's just a, it's just a couple of you know they just yeah. mean so the whole idea is always about connection not about the booze it was about yeah truly fun interactive and a bit different that was clearly considered like what's her favorite drink oh my god she loves margarita i'm gonna send her a margarita it's considered um and that's i guess that's the bit that makes me truly happy I love it. Yeah. I just got tears. I got tears in my eyes from that last example. And that's what I'm talking about. It's more than the gift. The gift is is just the thing, that surface level thing. It's the intention behind it. And that's what you encourage because that's what it is for you. And therefore you uh, attract people who also want to bring that joy and that love and that beautiful intention through by purchasing your gifts like I mean the the suggestion so I just recently bought um a mojito uh, gift box and I sent it to uh, my girlfriend over in Melbourne uh, to ask her to be my bridesmaid for my wedding which my wedding is on hold at this point so that that didn't manifest doesn't matter do you love the gift and she said yes and I just I never thought I was just going to call her on the phone like, I mean, how, like, early 2019 is that? <laughs> I was just going to call her and ask her, what a loser. I mean, she totally would have said no. But now <laughs> I just happened to see a post of yours and I was like, oh, my God, what a good idea. I'll do that. And I think I was on the phone to you, like, the very next second going, hey, I need it and I need it, like, now mm-hmm. for for right now. And you're like, done, got it sorted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. And, and you know what, I, um, we've, had a couple, we've had a couple of great ones like that and I'm pleased that the outcome for you was good. Um, but, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, love the, I love women. And I, to be honest, that is obviously our target market and I was pretty plain, yeah. clear on my target market from the very beginning. Um, yeah. But it was me. It was people like me. It was like you and I. It was, you know, basically women mm-hmm. generally with little children who can't just go take their best mate to a pub and say, hey, <laughs> it's it's those busy women <laughs> that need to just send someone a drink saying, holy cow, didn't you have a shit day today? Here's something to get through. I'm with the children. <laughs> have a drink, <laughs> you know. Um, and it, it's those sorts of um yeah, it's those kind of the intention behind it of, of truly connecting people and connecting women, I think, is really my, is really my, um, my intention. Yes, I love it. I love it. So now just to wrap this up, what is number one advice that you have for all the wonderful creative business owners out there listening to this? What is your advice to them? 
Um, don't compare yourself to someone else. I think that's the big thing. I, I'm still, I still struggle with that a lot. But I think from the outside and when you're launching a business, you think that everything looks rosy. And I'm pretty sure that even Tara, you're probably looking at my business going, oh, wow, she's killing it. Look at six months. I'm not killing it. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I've slowly made very um, small intentional steps forward in my business. Um, I yeah. have... I still I, look. We're not. I'm not pulling money out of this business yet. You know, I'm not. We're still not in a profitable position, and I don't intend to be. Um, you know, I was. Well, I, obviously, when I launched the business, I thought I would be profitable from day one because I was naive and stupid. Um, but that's not. <laughs> that isn't actually because it's not what happens. Just to everyone out there listening, this isn't exactly not what. Happens. Um, if you think that you know, your profit margin is thirty percent, you'll be pulling out thirty percent of everything or fifty percent, whatever it is, for. Um, you know, from day dot, you will not, like there is a point where you have to, you might buy your stock up front and then you've got to sell that stock in order to have that money back. And then by the time you get the money, you have to buy more stock. Um, it's a it's it's a no-ending game of having stock. So if you've got a stock business, yeah. service business is very different, so please ignore that if it's different. But if you are a, serv- if you are a stock business, a, a product business, you have to get yourself past that. Like, I think they call it crossing the chasm. Um, and that's a yeah. book if you've ever heard that. But um, there's, there's this point where you actually have to get through the, through the hole um, of spending money, of, sh- of just shedding money, <laughs> of just outward growth, um, and, and make sure you've got enough money saved. That would be my big thing is make sure you've got enough money behind you to get through the chasm until you cross that part. Now, you said it before, most businesses it takes somewhere between 18 months, two years to get to that point. Mm. Look, I'm hoping we cross it quickly. Mm. Um, the way business is going right now, I had to actually yesterday, which is really fun because we have been a home-based business, um, but I need to. I need staff now um, and I can't have it as a home-based business and have staff. So um, it's mm. regulations and stuff. So I, I now need to find a way of expanding the business without going into a warehouse because that is expensive. So, um, mm. so we're actually looking at storage facilities at the moment, just to um, just to just to store things, uh, and then maybe that'll make things a bit easier. But yeah, we we are we are on a growth um, a growth trajectory that's just quietly scares me. <laughs> but I planned, but I didn't think didn't think it'd feel quite like it does. That's it. It it never does. It never feels like what it, like you thought it would. But that's awesome. That is such great advice. Thank you so much, beautiful Jill, for sharing. Um, Guys, I'm going to have all of Jill's links so you can follow her. You can um, order some gift boxes. That's all going to be in the show notes. But follow Cheers, sweetie. And I'm sure we'll chat to you again soon, Jill. We'll do another check-in to see where you're at. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Tara, and good luck. Hey team, thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and you rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. I'm so excited to be sharing this journey with you. Love some feedback and we'll see you next time.